For most copywriters and content writers, writing comes pretty naturally to us. And that's the one big reason that we all seem to choose this profession in the first place. There are a few exceptions who learn copywriting as a means to do something else, but for most of us, we're pretty good writers. And that's why we are writers as a profession. But it takes a lot more than the ability to write to start a successful copywriting business. To do that, you have to hustle and add the skills that help you solve problems for your clients. Today's guest on the Copywriter Club podcast is Hira Usama. And that's exactly what she did from lending her first content gig at age 17 to doing work today as a social media strategist. She's always learning and trying new things, everything from SEO to social media. And in this interview, Hira shares exactly what she did to grow a successful business while working from Asia as a new parent. But before we get to that, let me introduce my guest, uh, I guess kind of host, since Kira asked some of the questions, she was here when we recorded it, but Kira is on maternity leave, spending some time with her new baby. And my guest interjector, commenter, whatever we wanna call it, is Tamara Glick. Say hi, Tamara. Hello, Rob, how are you? That's good. Thrilled to have you joining us. So those of you who uh, maybe are longtime listeners of the podcast know that we interviewed Tamara on episode 142. Um, Tamara is a fashion stylist and also a content and brand stylist. She also serves her clients as a fractional CMO, sort of helping them figure out their customer journeys and how they can you know, improve their offers and all kinds of different things. You can find her at TamaraGlick.com. And I'm just happy to have somebody else talking about uh, some of the stuff that we learned while we uh, interviewed Hira. This was such a fascinating interview. I'm really excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. So before we hear what Hira has to say, this podcast episode is brought to you by the copywriter Think Tank. Now, Tamara, you're actually in the Think Tank. You've worked with us in the Think Tank for a long time. Uh, we've talked about the Think Tank over and over, just promoting it, whatever. Give me your, your 30 second thoughts on the Think Tank. Oh my goodness. The Think Tank to me is such an ideal incubator for someone who has built a business that they're really excited about and that does have legs and they're confident that it does, but they're not sure what is going to happen next. You might be able to see the next step, but maybe not the staircase. And that's totally okay because you need to have people around you who can support your vision, help see things that you may not be able to see as of yet, opportunities, potential roadblocks, new partnerships or new directions, and can support you along that journey. So to me, the think tank is an ideal mastermind for copywriters and other marketers who want to challenge each other to create new revenue streams in their businesses, receive coaching from you and from Kira, and ultimately grow to six figures or more. You know, up until last year, the think tank was only open once a year. But now we invite a few new members every month. So if you've been looking for a mastermind to help you grow, visit copywriterthinktank.com to find out more. And Tamara, like I mentioned, you work with us in the think tank and uh, you know help keep things organized and moving smoothly. So you, you know your stuff when it comes to the think tank. Well, thank you. So let's jump into our interview with Hira and find out more about her approach to her business and social media. Like any other freelancer who was, you know, uh, told in their childhood that, oh, my God, you write so well, you're so creative. I had this dream that I want to, like, write my own book and stuff like that. So when I was in my first year of college, I came across this job opportunity for a copywriter. I still remember that red brick wall where it was like just posted uh, like a notice. And um, that was my first ever gig. I was like around 17 year old. And that month I ended up making around $150. And I was so proud of myself. But that was like a kickoff for something so amazing for years to come. So uh, I worked with uh, two different agencies as a copywriter and a content creator. 
for around two, three years. Then I jumped off of that and focused off on my studies. Uh, I was doing bachelor's in applied psychology. So I did that for four years, got married, then got pregnant and realized that I need to do something with my life. This cannot go on because I was, I'm a really creative person. I, I just can't sit still. I'm either, um, you know, writing something, reading something, watching something. And then I'm a thinker. So I needed to like put out my thoughts somewhere. So I started by, uh, getting a few gigs on Upwork back then. And, uh, I wrote around four eBooks in one month when I was seven months pregnant And I realized that I have to do something apart from creating really long form content. So I uh, then got off a few other gigs where I wrote blog posts and all of that. So, um, yeah, that was around the time in 2018 when I came across the Copywriter Club. And uh, I came across you guys and saw this amazing community where everybody was, you know, appreciating each other so much and uh, a lot of people inside that group they told me that oh you write so well why are you charging why are you undercharging yourself you should be charging around 150 200 300 dollars for one blog post and that just like you know kicked off my desire to grow into something big and i got a kick for uh, social media strategy and uh, content creation again from upwork but it's uh, that's a really good client. And that's when I just realized that I I love social media. I love creating content on social media. It's far easier to like write a set of different posts rather than just like write a one long form content. It just get very repetitive for me. So yeah, that's when I, so I didn't like uh, choose to be a social media strategist. I just kind of like, it's, it's, I've been flowing through, you know, uh, and growing through that process of becoming a freelancer than a content creator, than a copywriter, and ultimately a social media copywriter, and then a strategist. So yeah, it's been very, it's been very fluid for me. So I love the progression that, that you went through. It's like each step leads to the next one very logically. I want to go to the very first thing that you did as a 17-year-old. What did you do to get hired as a copywriter? There are, there are people in their 30s, 40s, and 50s that are struggling to get hired. How, does, how did you set yourself apart as a 17-year-old? I don't know. I've been really good at creative writing. I won a prize when I was, uh, I won third position when I was in class one. And that just like, that was the time my teachers really appreciated me. And I just started like, like writing a lot of poems and a lot of essays and stuff like that. I used to do a lot of reading and then I got published in a few local magazines as well when I was a kid. So the writing part comes naturally to me. But I did what I did work on to set myself apart on that stage was working on how I do my research, how I structure my content and how I make that relatable to my audience. So those were the three things that I worked on back then. And I've never shied away from learning. I mean, I'm always learning since the past 10, 12 years. I'm either learning through, you know, a course or a or just like listening to podcasts, taking notes, learning from experts, watching YouTube videos on how, you know, back then I used to do a lot of research on SEO just to like help my clients rank their blog posts. Uh, and, you know, I, I just, I, I was always learning. So once you realized that you wanted to do more social media strategy after that first great client on Upwork, what did you do from there when you're like, this is it? I want to be a social media strategist. I'm going to build my business around this. Um, What were some of the next steps that helped give you that traction? Well, um, a lot of my clients then, you know, started coming coming in through referrals from that first client. But what I really did was I went ahead and I got myself, again, uh, I got myself enrolled in two different courses, by one by Rachel Peterson and another by Jenna Kucher. And uh, one was Instagram Lab and uh, the other one was Social Media United. Pretty basic stuff, but that basically like allowed me to create my packages, structure my offers, uh, get 
you know, real on the kind of value that I'm going to add to my client's social media, because social media is something that is just like, you know, it's right there. It's in front of you. And whatever you're posting, whatever you're writing, whatever you're engaging, commenting, you just you get to see the traction, you know, when you hit post. And when you hit publish, you just start to see the traction from right there. So it's either like uh, it's either like something is working or it's not working. So you can you can learn really fast on how to uh, make social media work for you. So Hira, let's talk a little bit about the packages that you offer to your clients. You know, what do those look like? What do they include? How much work are you doing to help them grow? And I guess maybe the most important question: What are the results? Okay, so um, currently I'm working on different social media platforms, but we're mainly focusing Instagram and LinkedIn right now. We have had some badass results on Facebook and Twitter as well, but Instagram and LinkedIn are some places that I really enjoy. So I'm mainly working with copywriters and coaches these days. So for LinkedIn, uh, we're using LinkedIn to like build B2B connections. And for Instagram, we're using them to like promote their courses or their masterminds. So the two packages are mainly LinkedIn marketing and Instagram marketing. And uh, that those two packages, because the platforms are very different, the packages are again very different. But for Instagram, we do focus a lot on strategy on outbound engagement on graphics and then of course creating magnetic content for your audience uh, i do put um you know a special focus on personal branding because social media for me is like it's like the door to your to your room you know when somebody lands on your profile they just like they see the aesthetics that you have they see the language that you use they right there see who you are as a person and it's a really authentic way to connect with your audience so for linkedin the package is a bit different because we we also include we don't focus that much on graphics i'm usually using a lot of links memes gifs and um you know personal photos infographics as well for linkedin so uh, again, the character limit is different. For Instagram, we can do like really long form posts. So if we're doing a launch, uh, the post itself is like a mini sales page. But for LinkedIn, the character limit is different. So you need to like have the same idea, but uh, to be able to like communicate that in a few, a few characters. So the package overall includes social media captions, graphics, strategy, a coaching session, monthly coaching session, a follow-up session, and an action plan, and an analytics report at the end of three months. That is when we just like sit down, see what's working, what's not working, and create maybe like do what's 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 working, do more of that, and you know just like stop where things are not showing any traction because for each client it's really different. The whole process is really different for each client. So let's say I'm DIYing my Instagram. Let's just focus on Instagram. And I'm a copywriter. I'm showing up three to four times a week. I feel like I'm doing the right things. I'm posting, maybe talking a little bit about what I do as a copywriter, but I'm not seeing any results. I'm not getting landing clients from it. Um, it's not, I'm not getting the most out of it. What would you say we could be doing with our own Instagram to be more strategic and to get more out of it, even if we can't hire someone to work with yet? Okay, so for Instagram, I think the biggest mistake that people make that leads to this certain, uh, this certain, uh, you know, circumstance that you just like told me about is that they don't focus on holding conversations on Instagram. Uh, if you're just like showing up to a party, you're going to different rooms and then you're coming out without talking to anyone, you're not going to make any connections. You're not going to get any sort of networking out of it. So for Instagram, if you're like creating a caption and you're adding all the right stuff, you're adding hope, you're adding a call to action. The call to action should, uh, should hold space to add conversation, you know, to keep to keep the conversation going in the comment section. And if 
you know, people are commenting and you're not showing up to like, uh, you know, further ask them more questions or like reply to their comments or reply to their DMs or reply to their reactions on your stories, then it means you're not you're not really, you know, responding to anything. So creating content alone on Instagram is not going to get you the results that you want. The second thing is that I do with a lot of my clients is outbound engagement. So for example, you just use one hashtag from your industry, you type in that hashtag, and then you engage with the top 10 posts that show up for that hashtag. So um, you, you go in each post, you leave a thoughtful comment. And by that thoughtful comment, I don't mean like just saying, oh, this looks so good. I do that myself, by the way, but uh, it, it's more um, useful to add to some sort of, you know, to add some different viewpoint and add some different sort of, you know, um, conversation point to that original post so that, you know, you get noticed by other people who are watching that, who are reading that post. So I guess these are the two main things that people just, you know, underestimate. Uh, They think that this is not going to get them any traction, but trust me, it gets you a lot of followers. It gets you authentic leads and holding conversations on social media is the key to get leads. Uh, Forget about follower account, forget about everything for a moment, forget about looking pretty on photos on Instagram. What you really need is to engage with people. That's it. And here, if, you know, I'm approaching this and thinking, okay, I'm going to post some stuff, but I don't have time to engage. Would you say that the posting is a waste of time or is there a place for people on Instagram who maybe, you know, don't have the ability or, or who aren't willing to make the time is probably the the right way to say that uh, in order to create that kind of engagement. Okay. So when I say that you have to like go in and engage with posts, with different posts, I'm just talking about 10 minutes a day, maybe even every alternate day. Because we underestimate how much we can do in 10 minutes. Uh, And if you can just like, if you have 20 minutes to create a post, or if you have 10 minutes to create a post, focus on the first five minutes on creating the actual post and publishing it. And then the other five minutes on uh, replying to comments on the outbound engagement that I just talked about. Uh, on replying to DMs. So I wouldn't say that creating content is a complete waste of time. But again, you know, people are really smart on social media. They know when you care and they can tell when you don't care about, you know, about them. So if you're looking to actually monetize your presence on Instagram, you need to show that you care. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about the strategy that we've worked on together. So, you know, I've been lucky enough to work with you on my own Instagram, which has been so much, so much fun and so helpful to have access to you and to be able to work with you on it. When you're working with someone like me, who may be a more difficult client, um, how did you approach, how did you approach, (laughs) how did you approach strategy when you sit down with a client? Maybe you could use me as an example of, how you think about content and strategy with one of your clients. And again, we could use me as an example or someone else as an example, like how you're approaching that. Okay. I guess with you, an example, I'm also talking about and uh, taking in regard most of the copywriters that I've worked with. What I do is I don't believe in like pushing you beyond your limits to a point where you're not comfortable with. I don't believe in, oh, you know, holding you accountable to do a lot of IGTV or, uh, you know, a lot of Instagram lives to show the results, because I know that, you know, you have, I have to play by your strengths and then add my elements to that. So uh, when you're a copywriter and your strength is copywriting, so we're, we're focusing a lot on content creation and doing that strategically. We do that by creating categories, different categories of the content that you'd like to post. And I know this might have been discussed on a lot of different platforms, but people just overlook the importance of actually categorizing your content, creating certain content pillars that would go on and support your Instagram strategy. So, for example... To break it down, uh, when I'm working with a copywriter and or when we're working with you, um, we just like if we're for, if we're posting four times a week, 
would create four categories for that, where in one post, our main focus is to engage the audience. In the second post, we're leaving a testimonial. In the third post, we're we're educating the audience. Uh, and in the fourth post, we're like doing an actual promotional post that is that looks somewhat like a mini sales page. So um, for working, when I'm working with my clients, I just play by their strengths. If somebody's strength is somebody's strength is showing up on uh, on camera and they can talk really well, or they, they have the time to do it, uh, they have the energy to do it, I'd focus on that. If it's, you know, uh, something more visual, aesthetic, you know, we're working with uh, a wedding photography brand or, uh, you know, or a celebrity or an influencer, then we focus on the aesthetics. And so it's all about playing by your client's strengths and analyzing what they're okay with and then also pushing them towards doing more, but not more so that, you know, that it puts them under a lot of stress and duress. Will you talk a little bit more about the content pillars? Uh, what do you mean by that? Okay. So uh, overall content pillars look different for different clients. Again, the main content pillars that I usually use are different ways to promote your offer in a very authentic way that also adds value to your client's work. So for example, one content pillar could look like creating posts out of uh, you know the previous content that the client has published themselves. So if it's an old blog post or it's something that we've just created now, we'd like repurpose that blog post into social media posts for different platforms. Uh, we can add a section where we book a free coaching call for 15 minutes every week and that can lead to more sales so it's all about adding more stuff that allows your audience to see you in authentic ways it can be through calls it can be through your content it can be through instagram stories it can be you showing up on a live and talking about behind the scenes uh, about your offer or maybe just like a day in your business so that is you know, you need to have certain content pillars, you need to have certain content categories that you can work out throughout the month. So it's not just you creating a post and publishing it. It's different sort of, um, you know, different sort of um, actions that is allowing, allowing you to connect with your target audience. How do you find that balance between the business and then the personal side? Like for, for instance, my account is business, but it's also like, that's where I show my personal photos of, you know, family members. And I do both in one account. Um, I think the pillars make complete sense. So that helps clarify it. But I know other copywriters have asked to like, how much is too much for personal or like how much is too much for business? And what's that blend? Okay. So when you sit down to create your Instagram account, uh, you do a lot of research on your target audience. And you kind of make points of what they are expecting to see from you. Uh, then it is a blend of both on how much you really want to like show of your, you know, from your personal side to your target audience and then what they're expecting from your side. I don't think brands can really grow without without that personal touch these days. Um, it's it's crazy to ex to like expect someone to buy from you without them uh, really like getting to know you. So uh, especially with copywriters, coaches, and uh, other content creators, people are really like crazy to get a sneak peek of what's going on in your personal life. So by personal life, I mean, you know, what's your take on mindset? What's your take on uh, family? What's your, how do you like what a day in your life looks like? So as a rule of thumb, what I do is I add one personalized message and one personal photo in every like, uh, you know, in every nine photos. So there's you've got to see uh, that one selfie or one picture that is really authentic with an authentic message. In uh, between all of that, you know, business talk, promotions and launch talk and, uh, you know, uh, educating your client, entertaining your client, you have to show up as who you are at the end of the day on Instagram, on LinkedIn, on Facebook. That goes for all platforms. Okay, let's break in here and talk a little bit more about some of the stuff that stood out to us, the things that Hero is talking about. You know, the first thing that jumped out at me 
Tamara, is just the hustle getting started. So, you know, as Sarah's walking through her story, we hear this a lot on the podcast from people who, you know, it's they, they sort of figure out this thing that they want to do, but there's a hustle involved. It doesn't come easily. Um, you know, you've got to go finding the clients. And I was just impressed with at such an early age, age 17, where here is really starting, you know, that whole process of figuring out not just that first project, but how do you keep them coming? How do you connect with clients? What do you think about that? You know, what struck me about this is how familiar it felt. And that kind of that kind of gave me a sense of relief because Hira's journey is something that feels really familiar. And you can also see the trajectory that she has had already. And I think that that is just so fascinating to see that, you know, she started off in a place where it truly was like, I, one thing at a time, I loved writing. And so I did some more writing. I was published. So I continued to keep going on that path. I had people who believed in me and who liked what I was doing. And I kept pursuing it. I took some courses and although they might've seemed basic, they really helped me to inform myself about how to create packages, how to serve clients, how to select clients. I mean, every new business is a hustle, whether it is copywriting, social media, or creating a new sunscreen. You know, it's always going to have a bit of a hustle feeling to it. And to watch Hira and to listen to her talk about the ways in which one step built on the other, now it looks so clear, but during the time of hustle, it really didn't necessarily feel so clear. I think that just gives you so much hope about where you are in your own path. Yeah. And it's more than just learning. Obviously, there's a lot of doing. And, you know, again, the way that she applied the skills that she's bringing to the table, you know, whether it was on search engine optimization or social media, she's basically looking for new ways to solve problems. So I I love that. Um, The another thing that really jumped out to me is as I was listening back to this conversation is what Hira was saying about using social media for conversations. Now, I think a lot of us approach social media as a place to broadcast what we're up to or, you know, our offers maybe. And the idea that it's the conversations that learn to, that, that lead to conversions, I think is really critical. You can't just show up and post and not engage in comments. And you can't just post and not encourage people to respond in some way um, if you want to use social media effectively. And that's not just true of Instagram where here does most of her work, but it's true on Twitter. It's true on uh, LinkedIn. It's true on Facebook. You know, if you want people to engage, you've got to start asking those questions or uh, commenting back on the things that they're posting in order to create those conversations. I totally agree, Rob. And I think what's really interesting is the way that Hira talked about it really made me think about the fact that the first word in social media is social. And so when Hira talked about holding space for conversation and how you wouldn't go into a party and leave the party or go to different rooms and not say a peep, not say a word, we'll hear Hira talk talk about that. It just really drives that home. How you how you create your content, how you inspire a conversation, and how you hold space for that, whether it is on your post or in outbound engagement, which Hira talks about too. It's really understanding how to be in touch with those that you feel are your best audience, your best collaborators, your best potential influencers, um, and doing that in a way that is natural and authentic and meaningful. Yeah, Hira said, I'm not going to quote this exactly, but you know, forget about follower count, forget about looking good on your photos, forget about all of that stuff for a moment and focus on engagement and engaging with people. And that's it. That's the only thing that you need to be doing on social media. I love that. I think that's great advice. Okay, so um, I, I, I made this list of stuff that jumped out at me. Another thing that jumps out is just the type of content that Hira was suggesting that we post. So she mentioned four different kinds of content um, in order to engage the audience. The first post was simply about engagement, and you know whether that's uh, you know asking a question or posting something that people will respond to. The second kind of posts are leaving a testimonial uh, that could be from clients that you've worked with or you know some somebody who's who's promoting your work. The third kind of uh, content was educational. So, you know, teaching something and and that's, I think, an 
obvious opportunity for using things like uh, Insta Stories and Reels, you know, where you can uh, show up and, and act as the authority in your space. And then the last kind was just uh, the actual promotional post. So almost a sales page on Instagram or on LinkedIn where you're posting your content. I love that because for me, a person who does not engage very much on social media, it, it's a pretty clear roadmap for the kinds of stuff that I should be doing or that I will be doing once I figure out how to do this stuff. <laughs> we will all be hanging tight and watching yeah. and waiting to see you develop your online presence. Yeah. So, but, but yeah, do you have other thoughts about that on the, the content or, you know, some of the stuff that uh, here suggests we share? Yeah. I loved how Kira was talking about putting one personal post for every nine posts. I think for a lot of us where we have one social media account that maybe started as personal and then became business. And now we're wondering, well, how much of our own lives should we be interjecting into our businesses? But then again, we are our businesses. So what's that balance? Understanding that one post per every nine posts in your grid can be totally a personal post really, for me, gives me a lot of freedom to say, oh, okay, well, here's a boundary. And I can, I can enact that boundary really easily. And then it's up to me to decide what's important from a personal perspective and what might be TMI. I really liked that. I also really love that Kira talked a lot about playing to your strength. So whether it is me taking care of my own social media or my social media manager taking care of my social media, it's important that the kinds of content that you create play to your strengths and not force you to do something that you know you should do for the algorithm, but rather becomes it, it becomes a lot more fun and a lot more interesting when you want to do it. And of course, you'll push a little bit outside of your natural comfort zone to to play a little bit more in, in new arenas. But I think playing to your strength and playing to a client's strength as a social media manager, that just really hit me. Um, too often have I spoken to people who really want me to do things that I just don't want to do. And it would make me feel so much better to have a social media manager who really understood that. I think that's probably the missing piece for me too. Uh, obviously, I don't have a ton of trouble getting onto a podcast. We've done lots of video and that kind of thing. But you know, holding a camera and recording myself in the morning, you know, a couple times a week or, you know, like that is definitely not a strength. And, you know, there are, def there are other ways that I can engage in social media that maybe play to my strengths a little bit better. So I, I think that's a super smart approach when you're working with clients is not to force them into your template, but to figure out what's going to work for their business and, and how they can engage naturally with, with their, uh, their best customers. Anything else stand out to you from this uh, last, this first section? One more thing, and that was when Hira quoted the great Gary V. Now, I love me some Gary V, but he's also, he can be really intense. I don't know if you've intense. noticed. Yeah. Just <laughs> but she quoted something that almost didn't even sound like Gary V to me. You don't have to create, you can just document. And that was like, really? I can? Because there are so many times where I feel the pressure, or I have felt the pressure to think of something net new, something brand new that nobody's ever heard before. And that can be really tiring. But having permission to document what's happening in my day, whether it is literally, here's my agenda for the day, or you know, these are the kinds of, of work that I'm doing right now, and it's really interesting. That is so permission giving, and it does make it so much more um, simple a task to be on social media naturally. Yeah, I love that as well. And I think as I think about the things that I would document doing this, it fits really nicely into those four kinds of posts that she suggests. You know, testimonials are basically documenting you know the client experience. Uh, education is documenting things that you're learning or things that you're sharing with your clients as you're helping them, you know, move from where they are to where they need to be and making that transformation. Uh, you know, even the engagement stuff can all be documenting your processes, your, you know, what you're doing with your clients. So it, it matches up very consistently with the other things that, that Hero is teaching about social media. So let's go back to our interview with Hira and see who she thinks is doing social media really well. 
So I want to ask maybe for some examples of copywriters who are doing this really well, in your opinion. Well, I really like how Jasmine Starr has like positioned her brand. I don't know if she's a copywriter or, you know, because she's uh, she's doing a lot of different stuff. So, yeah, I don't see a lot of copywriters who are like killing it on social media. I don't really know any of them, uh, but I do love how Jasmine Starr has like, uh, you know, created her Instagram. It's so full of, uh, you know, visuals. It's so full of uh, reels, Instagram reels, videos, written content. And at the end of the day, it's really about uh, providing a lot of value to your target audience because social media is something that you can lose your prospect's attention in uh, half a second. So you have to like just grab their attention for enough time that they end up, you know, uh, they end up clicking on, uh, you know, uh, turning on the notifications to be able to see more of your content or show up when you're going live or uh, click on your stories to view what you've posted. So it's all about serving them in a way that really resonates with them. And a lot of research goes inside that. And by research, I don't mean you have to spend tons and tons of time uh, writing stuff on your uh, MacBook or on a piece of paper. No, it, when I talk about research, I talk about social listening. I talk about actually listening when somebody talks to you, when somebody leaves a feedback on uh, your Instagram, when somebody appreciates something or even criticizes something or even expects, uh, you know, more from you. So if, for example, uh, I talk about my Instagram, I was doing a lot of content creation for my ideal clients. And then I got a few DMs that People actually want to know how to build an online business. And that is when I understood that I need that I have two different sets of target audience and I need to serve them both. So I cannot just like focus on my ideal clients. I do have people who are looking to sign up uh, for my social media program. It's a very like it's a very simple course that I've created uh, for a few of my South Asian uh, mastermind members. So, uh, you know, you have to like keep that blend. And sometimes, you know, listening to your DM section, that just helps. That is all research. I think the hardest part oftentimes about social media in general is just taking the time to plan it out, taking the time to be intentional about it, to think about the different pillars and what content you should create, and then actually sitting down to create the content. I know that's where I usually fall down. And that's why it's been really helpful to work with you and create that consistency. So I can't can't slack off as much as I would normally like to, but what what do you recommend to copywriters who are struggling to schedule the time or plan it out? What is your approach to planning it out for your clients that could work for other copywriters if they're DIYing it? Okay, so for copywriters who have like no such presence on Instagram as of now, I would recommend them to just stop overthinking, get out of your head, just start posting. Don't get caught up on the algorithm, on the nitty gritties, because when the stage of planning content comes when you start to see traction on your social media, you really have to get excited to be, you know, to get in that mindset that, okay, I'm going to set aside three hours every uh, every week to plan and create my content. So the first thing would be to like just stop and think for a moment that nobody is as obsessed with your content as you are. You can repurpose, you can, uh, you know, uh, recycle content, you can use a, an old blog post and create four or five uh, social media posts out of that. So I would just say for a copywriter who is just starting out, Start with your start with optimizing your Instagram profile. Pick a really good headshot uh, that you know ta- that either shows your face or your brand logo. Uh, choose a name that is searchable, that is easy to understand. Choose your category. Uh, fill in your bio. Your bio is sort of your pitch, but don't make it complicated. Make it really simple. I use a simple formula of I do this for this by using this. 
you know, just add your superpower at the end or the transformation that you're providing to your clients that is allowing them to go from point A to point B in the client journey. So just keep it simple and then start by an introduction post. Start by introducing yourself, who you are, what you do. And as Gary Vee says it, you don't have to create, you can just document. So don't just get too hungover on the planning part if you're just starting out because that can be really intimidating. How can I expect someone else to do that when it took me so much time to actually really like get into that zone where I actually sit down and plan my content and I still don't do that. Now, I'm not asking you to start with a blank document every time. There are templates, there are swipe files, there's so much stuff on, uh, you know, uh, that is available on the internet. But what you can do is like just be authentic and choose that one ideal prospect and talk to them, have a conversation about the biggest pain point, the biggest struggle that they're having, offer your solution, add a good call to action, ask them to like take the take over the conversation from there. And just relax. Nobody is as obsessed about your content as you are. Don't overthink it. That would be my advice. And then when later on you, you start to see traction, you see that you're actually getting in leads, you'll automatically get into that mind frame of setting aside time to plan your content because otherwise you won't be able to manage it. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little disappointed to find out that not everybody is in love with uh, my content as I am. Here, but <laughs> yeah. it's a good wake up call. Um, yeah, uh, Rob, I'm waiting for your content to show up on Instagram. Rob does not post anything on Instagram. That's true. I know. So, I'm, I'm, usually, I'm, talking, I'm tagging Rob on your like TCC photos, uh, and I'm uh, always like clicking on uh, his profile to see what you know what else is nothing there, nothing yeah, there, nothing there. Now, I, now no, I really am feeling about. attacked here. Wow, ouch, <laughs> it's completely fine. So, I'm not really like. It's okay if Instagram doesn't work for you. You can always opt for LinkedIn or something else, but you have to like have one platform at least. So I'm. It's, Rob, like, it's, Rob, do you have one platform? <laughs> I have a podcast. I'm, I'm going to tell you <laughs> about you it go. someday. So, no, I, I'm not feeling attacked. I'm joking, but I, I realize that that this isn't something that I do. Having said that, though, I do want to change the topic a little bit because I know um, you, you don't live in the United States. You're uh, living in and working out of Pakistan. Are there challenges that come with serving clients that are, you know, mostly, uh, you know, on the other side of the world? You know, tell us about how you run your business and how you make that work for everybody. Oh, so, so many, so many, so many challenges. I mean, I was lucky enough to like get, you know, inside the TCC community back in 2018. That allowed me to get inside the head of, you know, you know what's going on in the copywriting world. But honestly. Uh, it is a huge challenge in itself. Uh, the time zone difference, I mean, as we're filming right now, it's around 1 a.m. over here. And that is the time when I'm usually working on, you know, uh, on my clients' projects because that is the time when, you know, uh, they're online, when they're awake. Uh, the second set of challenge was to understand my my ideal audience and then also understand my client's ideal audience because you know living in a different country i was relying on netflix and you know different tv shows to uh, understand you know the pop culture references what's trending these days you know you have to make a conversation that seems relatable and due to the huge cultural difference it took me a long time to understand how you know how how you how we have conversations uh, in USA and how they differ from Canada and how we have conversations in Australia. So yeah, you have to like break it all down because every culture is different. My culture is completely different. Uh, and we have different sort of references. We have different sets of struggle. But again, yes, as a South Asian content creator, it is a huge challenge. And for anybody who is a South Asian business owner or a content creator who is listening to me, uh, I'm just like going to put it out there that if I can do this, anybody can. I mean, I am the lowest person on the bar who could have achieved this. I um, 
I just did it by not overthinking too much, not taking the criticism too seriously and uh, working with really good people because that is something really important. I was really intentional on choosing my clients who were, you know, who are helpful, who are flexible, who are also like, uh, you know, teaching me different things in different ways. So, yeah, it was a struggle, but I love it. I love it now. I'm, I mean, I'm uh, one of the few South Asian content creators and I just love it. And I'd like to see more of us inside the copywriting space. It's, uh, it's definitely increasing, but I would like to see that happen real fast. So what, what other tips would you give to any copywriter or you know, social media strategist who is also dealing with a cultural difference and what else could they do? I mean, you already shared some tips like find the right clients, but what else would be useful if they are struggling right now and get, just getting started? The biggest struggle is, you know, English is not our first language. So I guess the biggest thing that puts everyone off and that, you know, they, they believe that they cannot do it is because, you know, there is such a big communication barrier and everything is based on communication when you're interacting with a client or even with, you know, a, if you're working on a collaboration. So the biggest challenge is working on your communication skills and that will not happen overnight. Just like any other thing, just like, you know, your first blog post, I don't think we can look back on our first blog post and feel proud of what we wrote that day. I mean, it's a complete disaster. So you will not get the confidence by working on your confidence. You will get the confidence by doing, uh, you know, that repeating that set of action again and again, get on that discovery call. Don't even think about it if you blow it off. I mean, how many times do you think you can blow off a discovery call? Three, four, five times? I don't even think that's, you know, that's a lot. So you are going to get better at it. Just don't uh, think that uh, someone else is judging you because you're communicating differently, because you look different, because your accent is different, because you might not understand uh, the pop culture references or whatever. So I guess my advice would be to do things anyway. And, you know, um, you know, I, I was just like any other person over here. I was a mom who was, you know, looking to make it work. So if I can do it, anybody else can. And now, you know, people are not even, they don't even realize that I'm from another part of the world because I I talk that way or, you know, stuff like that. But, you know, it's just, it's something that you need to get, you need to again, get out of your head and not take yourself too seriously. And if I'm not mistaken, you've actually started working with other women in a similar circumstance, you know, helping them build their businesses. Tell us a little bit about that too. Yes. Okay. So we started by creating a private Facebook community. Uh, me and my friend, we created a private Facebook community to help women work on their mindset and get actual practical hands-on online skills that they can, you know, later translate into working online. So uh, we have been, you know, I've managed to train me and my friend will we've collectively managed to train a few social media managers a few of them i've actually hired to work for me as well for my own personal brand um and then we've also like managed to train a few copywriters again it's not going at a pace that i would have liked it to be but i'm going to like work on that uh this year so due to the pandemic a lot of different crazy stuff were, was happening you know uh, children were at home they weren't going to school so we weren't getting a structure uh out that we wanted to you know initially create but uh that is how, uh, the vision that we have is to have at least you know two three four thousand women who are able to earn around two to five K dollars per month and support their families, support their, uh, you know, their children's education, because, uh, you know, women in, you know, South Asia or in Pakistan, they don't have access to a lot of different opportunities. The pay scale is already, you know, it's it's very average. And uh, a lot of women, like including me, we cannot have a nine to five. We have to run a house. We have to like look after our kids and all of that. So it, there's this whole cultural difference. So ideally, I would like to, you know, uh, help women 
put in minimum time and get maximum ROI on whatever project they're working on. And where can we find more information about that that community for anyone who's interested? Is there a link we could go to? Yeah, yeah. It's called Boss Babes Pakistan. If you search that on Facebook, you'll get uh, inside that group. Uh, there are a few trainings on that, but I've also like launched um, a private course for women who are like, you know, who have started earning uh, that, you know, 400, 500, 600 dollars per month uh, and now are looking to scale to 1K, 2K, 3K. So, you know, the first step is to make them at least, you know, uh, to be to have them able to uh, like earn $1,000 per month and then go off from there to work on a lot of different projects, because I think the first $1,000 is the, the biggest struggle. And then after that, things, you know, become easier once you have that sort of uh, experience in your portfolio. So what's next for you and your business, Hira? What are you building or what are you starting to change? You know, what's uh, what, what's the next thing we can look for? Yeah, the next thing for my business would be to, first of all, I want to like work on my own personal brand more because I believe I've been neglecting that for a while. And people who know me might not think so, but I have a lot of other stuff planned for my own personal brand as well. Um, down the line, I do plan on... Um, writing a book uh probably again for south asian business owners content creators uh working through their mindset blocks uh allowing them to like gain access to practical hands-on skills and you know adding a pr practical steps that they can take to uh change how their businesses look like because the idea is to run a really stress-free business a business that brings you ease excitement and joy so something around that. And I am also planning on creating, uh, you know, becoming active on my blog again, because I just love creating content. So that is for my personal business, focusing on my Instagram as well. I just, I mean, I'm a social media manager, but it's crazy that I just created my Instagram account in January. I made it public before that it was private. So yeah, uh, growing that as well, working on different collaborations. Uh, I already am working uh, as oh, I got signed on to work as a content coach for a global uh, leadership mind mastermind. So um, that is, you know, happening down the line. Um, probably going to join the think tank, work on, you know, creating more premium offers uh, and probably like create a mastermind for, you know, uh, for South Asian content creators or maybe like, you know, anyone who wants to join who feels like they don't fit in and allow them to work through those mindset blocks and, uh, you know, again, get those hands-on skills that they need to structure their online business. So yes, that. Currently, I'm focusing on Instagram marketing and LinkedIn marketing for my clients. And these are the two basic packages that are, you know, going on doing the rounds on my website. So, yeah. Well, we appreciate your time, Hira. And I know we're out of time, so we need to wrap. But it's been uh, so, so great for me to be able to work with you on Instagram over the past uh, year. And so <laughs> you've helped me grow my visibility on Instagram and stay on track. Um, and so I really appreciate that and appreciate you showing up today to, to share so much. Yeah, I love that. I love that when you when people like come up to me and talk to me about actual results. So, yeah, I, I just I loved working with you. And, uh, you know, it, it's great to see how the power of social media and bringing in the leads and, you know, bringing in. Uh, all of those uh, collaborations, be things, great things are happening for my clients. So I'm just, I'm glad that I got to work with you and it's been an amazing experience myself. All right. Well, thanks for your time today. Next, we're going to work with Rob on Let's his Instagram. It. That's the next Let's project. <laughs> so that's the end of our interview with Hiro Sama. Before we go, I think we should touch on just one or two more things that uh, Hiro mentioned in the last half of our discussion with her. So I initially asked her, you know, who are the copywriters who are doing this really well on social media? And she didn't actually mention any copywriters. You know, she, she, she mentioned, um, you know, somebody who's doing social media really well and somebody who 
uh, promotes social media, sells a social media product. So of course, Jasmine Starr is going to do it really well. And if you want to hear Jasmine's thoughts about her business and uh, you know what she does, check out our interview with Jasmine. It was really good. I don't have the number at the top of my head, but um, excellent interview. But I, I think maybe we could mention just a couple of copywriters that um, we do think are doing the things, some of the things that that uh, Kira is suggesting we do. Obviously, I'm not one of them. Uh, I'm very open about that. But as I started scanning through the Copywriter Club Instagram feed, there are there are people in our group and in you know, they're, they're follow us that we follow who do this relatively well, you know, people like Ash Chow, who it, it's not only a nice looking page, uh, you know, with, with the grid or, you know, how she posts photos, but she does exactly what here is suggesting. There's a couple of personal posts, there's teaching posts. She actually has a weekly ask Ash, uh, kind of an, um, almost a column advice column that she does. It's really kind of cool. Uh, Danny Page does a really nice job of interacting with people on on her um, on, on her Instagram. Erica Holmes is another. Christine Bluebaugh, you know, there are definitely members of the Copywriter Club who are doing this well. Uh, I didn't see a lot of guys. Uh, I got to admit, as I was going through this, and so I know I'm not alone in uh, having Instagram be one of my weaknesses. But who stands out to you? Well, I have to say, Ashlyn Carter stands out to me. Her page has. Oh my goodness. She's been rocking Instagram. It's been a few years now. And I definitely recommend taking a look at her page, particularly because she's done such a spectacular job of meshing professionalism, education, and her personal world, knowing exactly who her ideal client is and speaking to them directly in every post she creates. I I just think it's, and it's a beautiful page. That's true. She's got a gorgeous grid, but it's the content that I think that really makes the difference. Yeah. She shares some amazing stuff and obviously her team is really dialed in. She's worked with some super smart people in building her social media presence. And I I actually love seeing her stuff as well. Uh, Another little nugget. I don't, you know, this is maybe not something for a ton of discussion, but it just kind of jumped out at me as I was going back through this interview is when Hira mentioned that research is social listening. I actually made a note, research equals social listening, because I don't always think of research like that. You know, I, for the kind of content that I write, you know, I'm doing competitive research or I'm going into, you know, product reviews, doing that kind of thing. But just the suggestion that research for social media is looking at the kinds of comments that you're getting, looking at the comments and things that others in your space are posting or that your ideal clients are asking and posting. Uh, that all counts as research and can lead to really good ideas for what you should be posting in your social media. So for what it's worth, that stood out to me and I think it's a great suggestion. Me too. This is the time where I think it is appropriate to be a fly on the wall at the party because that social listening exercise, that's how you get the good stuff. Yeah, okay, so what else stood out to you from these last couple of minutes? Well, one thing that I really loved was when Hira was talking about the simple bio formula and to put your superpower at the end. I do this for these people and here's my superpower. You know, we have only so many characters and that is a place to sell yourself, but it's a place to sell yourself in a way that is charming, clear, and straightforward um, with personality. All the things that that we want jam-packed in just a few characters. But I love that it's a very simple formula. You don't have to get fancy. It has to do the job and it can sound good while it's doing it. And I think this also works not just in social media bios, but this can work at the end of an email. This can work you know, in, in a lot of different places. So having that simple formula I do this for this client. Um, you know, it's it's a little bit similar to what Seth Godin says. You know, people like us do things like this. Uh, you know, that kind of a thing I think is a really easy way for people to engage and see what you do. I like that a lot. Me too. I mean, it it feels like Hira really understands copywriting in general. And there were so many times throughout this episode where I thought she really understands and copywriters could learn a lot from her in terms of adapting what they already know to social media. So it may be a long form post and it may be a short post, 
but there is an equivalence or an inspiration from the kinds of copywriting techniques that we use all the time and that Hira has really mastered in a social media context. One last thing that I think is worth noting is Hira's work helping women in Pakistan create their own businesses. I, you know, where she lives, it's not always easy uh, for anyone, but women in particular to find uh, great jobs or high paying jobs. And so the work that she's doing, helping others to build businesses, I think is really commendable. It's something similar to what we heard uh, Chima Memji on episode 225 talk about. And, you know, whenever we see that, I, just, I think it's worthy of calling out that there's a bigger work here than just always making money for ourselves. There's a lot we can do to help others in the community to help, you know, showcase the work of other people, you know, to the world. And uh, I just, I think that's really commendable and so worth mentioning again. I totally agree. And the community that Hira is building is absolutely beautiful as much as it is powerful for its members. It's, it is truly awesome to see. Yeah. Okay. So we want to thank Hira Usama for joining us to chat about her business. You can learn more about Hira and how she helps her clients find customers on social media at HiraOsama.com. That's H-I-R-A-O-S-A-M-A.com. And if you're in Pakistan, be sure to check out her Boss Babes Pakistan group on Facebook, where she teaches other moms how to start and run a freelance business. Well, that's the end of this episode of the Copywriter Club podcast. Our intro music was composed by copywriter and songwriter Addison Rice. The outro was composed by copywriter and songwriter David Muntner. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, please visit Apple Podcasts to leave your review of the show. And if you're ready to invest in yourself and your copywriting business and finally achieve your goals, visit copywriterthinktank.com. We're accepting a few new members right now, so get your application in. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. And thanks, Tamara, for being my guest host this week. I appreciate it. It was so much fun, Rob. Anytime. Copywriters coming together to help the world write better. Copy and make more money. Kira and Rob's Copywriters Club. Yeah, can make you lots of money.